Welcome into the checkerboard chat, the first edition here in the the 2020 school year. I'm I'm Josh Lane, sports editor here to begin alongside Andrew Peters, assistant sports editor this year. Worked your way up from being a staff writer. Here you are about to take over the reins before long. Uh, first off, how was your summer? It was pretty good. Um, it was a, a pretty chill summer. Ready to be back. Um, college football is back, so pretty excited about that. Um, and yeah, ready for a big game this weekend. How about you? Yeah, um, it's been a crazy summer for me. Been uh, spent a lot of time in Kodak with the Tennessee Smokies, and they do not stop winning. And they're about to make the playoffs and make my job a lot harder. But you know, it's some long days right now. But it's all in sports, so it's a lot of fun. Um, speaking of fun, the Vols had some fun last Thursday. <laughs> they had some fun last Thursday. It's a big win, 59-10 to 10 to open their season over Ball State, year two of the Josh Heupel era. Again, Ball State, really not much competition. It was just how much are they going to beat them by. It turns out 49. Um, they, really, they got started as well as you can with the first play of the game. Um, what was their quarterback's name? John Paddock. John Paddock. John Paddock throws a pass, intercepted. I believe it was Kamal Haddon. It was, it was the first one, or did he um, have a second one? No, it was uh, shoot, um, McDonald. Oh, he tur- that's right, yeah. Marion McDonald. Yeah. So, Aaron Beasley had pressure on that play. Heard the quarterback, Marion Donald, intercepted it, ran it back to the twenty-three. So, falls already in the red zone. The very next play, hidden hooker to Jalen High at twenty-three yard touchdown. You know, you're two plays into the game, got a lead, and the Vols really never looked back. Scored 17 in the first quarter, had a really good quarter. Um, Chase McGrath field goal, and then Hayden Hooker had a touchdown run. The second quarter, which was one that was, you know, frankly bad for them last last season, yeah. there was a lot of second quarter aggression. They actually outscored their first quarter with, with three touchdowns. Yeah. Hayden Hooker had a second touchdown run, just Jabari Small. Uh, got in the end zone, and, and Walker Merrill caught a touchdown pass, a uh, 16-yarder there. So really, no letdown in the second quarter. Um, those those first two, that really that first half where your starters were in the whole time and playing well, they looked really good. The offense, you know, didn't really look like it missed a beat. Um, I, we can talk about it a bit more later, but Hinton Hooker was spreading the ball around to his to his wide receivers. I think the final number, 10 different receivers caught a pass. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's, you know, with with Bayless Jones and, and, and Peyton, you know, you I still have Tillman here. And, but after him, it was a bit of a question. But Jimmy Holiday looked really good. So did Ramo Keaton, Brew McCoy coming in his first game. He looked good. Um, we can talk about them more. But second half, again, about midway through the third quarter, that's when the starters come out. I guess the most notable thing would be Joe Milton looked looked solid. He yeah. did a drive or two. He went eight for nine, 113 yards, passing touchdown. Again, not only maybe one overthrow that that was the problem for yeah. him last year, <laughs> and he looked really good. And then after that, it was Gaston Moore, and you know by that point, fans were leaving the game. Yeah, it was a blowout. Um, but what matters that first half, first you know first half and change of the third quarter when Tennessee starters were in, and really for the most part, 
Um, it was it was it was a beat down by Tennessee. They looked really good. Yeah, you know it's always hard to judge a team, uh, you know, based off their first game, especially when it's uh, their opponent's Ball State. But you know, overall Tennessee looked really promising. Uh, I think that second quarter kind of just shows, and you know, like once again it's Ball State, but that just kind of shows some growth um, that they can play all, hopefully play all four quarters this season. Um, and then yeah, like you said, Joe Milton, um, just an encouraging performance by him, just showed that he can be, you know, a solid backup option if Hen Hooker for some reason uh, goes down this season. So, um, and then on uh, in the running back position, I think Jalen Wright, um, you know, there there weren't a ton of questions about him. People knew that he was solid, but just kind of proved that point. Um, last Thursday, it showed that he can be a great uh, option for when Jabari Small takes a, takes a few plays off. So, yeah, overall, just a really encouraging performance from Tennessee, and we'll see how they fare this Saturday. Yeah, the, the challenge is going to be a lot stiffer, but... I think it's important then to look at Tennessee's defense and how they did because, I mean, granted we've said it a couple of times, mm-hmm. it's Ball State, so take it for what it is. But Tennessee's two leading tacklers were Warren Burrell and Christian Charles, or and Aaron Beasley had eight as well. So those three finished um, tied with the most tackles. But for those two cornerbacks, um, that was maybe of all – you know, Tennessee's position groups heading into the year secondary mm-hmm. was the biggest question mark. And kind of right off the bat, Warren Burrell, Christian Charles, you know, they're showing that, that they can be good. Um, and they're learning. There's still some growing pains, of course. Um, but I think for the most part, it was an encouraging performance from them. And then we mentioned the two interceptions to Marion McDonald. Um, Kamal Haddon did have that second one. Um, that, was, that was later in the game. So... The secondary, I thought, looked a lot better. Like, it might not be an issue. And, of course, granted, Ball State. But I think defensively, the biggest thing, if you want to have an area for concern, is that the defensive line linebacker really did not get much pressure at all mm-hmm. on Ball State's offensive line. And maybe I just didn't know much about Ball State's <laughs> offensive line as I should. Maybe they were a lot better than we thought. But uh, you would think that these SEC you know, front seven would have a, a lot more success against Ball State, but two total tackles for loss when it was all said and done. And let's see, Chris, Christian Harrison, Joshua Josephs, Elijah Simmons. I think he, Elijah Simmons is on the line, but those other two guys are in the secondary. So not much pressure from the front seven, no sacks at all. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a, definitely an area to watch heading into uh, – their matchup with Pitt and that that were really as we said competition's about to get a lot stiffer yeah yeah and Ball State's offensive line give them some credit they're you know a, a very experienced front um, I think I want to say it's all seniors if not mostly seniors and juniors um, but still yeah maybe some cause for concern there um, I, I don't think Tennessee was probably bringing as much pressure as it will against Pitt or against SEC opponents but um, yeah if there's one thing that you look at from that game to be concerned about I would say it's probably the the defensive line and front seven so mm-hmm. and I touched on earlier about the wide receivers and how many different guys in hooker was able to, to throw it to and Cedric Tillman led the way of course with six receptions 68 yards both of those were team highs he didn't score a touchdown though um that was Jimmy Holiday Jalen Hyatt Walker Merrill they all caught touchdown passes um I thought Holiday looked really solid. J- Jalen Hyatt, we mentioned him. He only had one other catch outside of that touchdown catch. But, again, that's that's big for him because he was 
I would won't say in a Cedric Tillman position he, where he really did not have a lot of playing time coming into this year, but you know the coaching staff has talked a lot about him coming around and practicing and looking really well, and so maybe he's poised to make a big leap this year already starting well. Um, and then just other guys, Squirrel, squirrel Wright caught some passes. Prince, uh, well, the Princeton Fett didn't catch one, really didn't have much success with the tight ends. But just being able to, to spread the ball around and get a lot of different guys involved. I mean, it's already a dynamic offense. And you got Cedric, Cedric Tillman leading the way. But I think if they can have, you know, that many guys and, you know, if we'll get 10 receivers catching a pass every game, but that sure makes them a lot deeper. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if, if I think coming into the season, it seemed like Cedric Tillman was on, you know, a completely different level than these guys, which, you know, maybe he is. Um, but I think that. You know, just the production from some of these guys, Jimmy Holiday especially, um, Ramel Keaton, Brew McCoy, um, I think just having that kind of depth kind of takes some pressure off Cedric Tillman. Um, teams probably aren't going to be, you know, doubling up on, on Tillman as much as they would now that they know that we've got these, that Tennessee's got these other options. So um, I think that depth just kind of helps, you know, take some of that pressure off of him as like the, the main receiver for the balls. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, you don't. You don't want an injury or anything like that to happen, but if it does, you know, at that point you feel very comfortable with where Tennessee is at. And Brew McCoy, he showed some flashes. We know the kind of potential he has. It's just mm-hmm. been a question of whether he can get on the field. Finally got queer, got cleared, and you know it was it was there. He looked good. So I think um, receiver, obviously that was going to be a strong point for Tennessee, but Week One really yeah. really proved it. So. Um, again, it's Ball State. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how much more we need to get in depth about them. Is there anything else uh, that stands out to you? I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's you know it's hard to judge a team against Ball State, but the balls look look great. Yeah. Um, I think we should choose players of the game now. Yeah. For you sure. want to go first? Yeah. Um, let's see. Honestly, my player of the game is Jalen Wright. Um. I think, I mean, he didn't have, like, the, the best game you'll ever see, but I think kind of just coming in and showing that he can be the second punch of the one-two punch of him and Jabari Small um, is huge for the Vols. Um, I think he kind of shut up some some doubters and some haters um, with his performance, and I'm really excited to see um, how he performs this season behind Jabari Small. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Uh, running game was really solid. You leading the way, um, hard to argue with that. I think, I mean, it's kind of a boring pick, but I, f- I feel like I need to take Hendon Hooker. Yeah. Um, the the expectations are sky high for him. I mean, I I will admit in the past I've not followed Tennessee football that closely, but I, this the hype with him this year I feel like is as much as they had. Mm-hmm. In a long time, for sure. Um, I mean, maybe this century as just a quarterback that's established, and you know he's going to be good. And he he backed that up, completed seventy two percent of his passes, two hundred twenty one yards, threw for two touchdowns, ran for two more touchdowns. Um, I mean, just picked up right where he left off last last year. Uh, it's just going to be how how far does he go this year? I know it's a bit of a long shot, but I always like look at the Heisman odds for him because yeah. I feel like he's a dark horse. Um, he was at what plus sixty six hundred after or coming into week one. Now he's at plus four four thousand. So one two, 
12th, so he's just outside of the top 10. I mean, again, it's a long shot. Yeah. I doubt it will happen. Yeah, you never know. He could just come out and have, you know, an insane season. Um, and, yeah, like you said, just be that dark horse candidate. But, yeah, I think Hinton Hooker is just exciting to have on campus because, I mean, I can't remember the last time Tennessee had a guy that was even close to being a Heisman. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Peyton Manning. Maybe there was one more recent than that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm struggling to think of anybody. I know may, even maybe Tennessee, a lot more than other places, has a, a reputation for pushing <laughs> pushing some, like, fake Heisman narratives yeah. or whatever. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The odds are there. Tendon Hooker 12 going into week two. We'll see. Again, I doubt it'll happen. I yeah. really don't think he will. But it is fun to... I think to when you have a program that's trending upwards and Josh Heupel is and to have a quarterback that um is 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 making some headlines I think is fun yeah, for sure. So uh, we'll uh, transition into looking ahead to week two, one of their biggest matchups here in the early season at Pitt, who I believe is ranked fifteen now. They're number fourteen. Fourteen now. now? Yeah, jumped okay. Up two spots. I'm gonna be honest. I was not expecting Pitt to perform as well as they did last week. I I thought with with Kenny Pickett gone, with Jordan Addison gone, I mean those are the big parts of their offense last year. I thought there's no way that they're gonna, you know, how how they're gonna have offensive success. And you know, shame on me for thinking that because in a back and forth game, they they beat out West Virginia. They looked really good. Um, it's gonna be a, a, a big time matchup going into uh, this Saturday, three thirty. In a, in a Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. yeah, and West Virginia wasn't ranked heading in that matchup. They probably will be at some point this season. Maybe um, they looked really solid, but yeah, Pitt just played an outstanding game, um, and they definitely proved that they're a top fifteen or so team in the country, um, and that makes this matchup all all the more exciting um, heading into Saturday. Absolutely, um, I feel like with Pitt, let me pull up their box score from last week, but. It starts offensively again because it was such a a back and forth game, just a shootout you could call it. Um, and I'm really struggling to find their box score. Oh, also I was wrong. Pitt is number seventeen still. Seventeen. No, so, I was looking at the so they didn't bowl. they didn't fall at all or rise up. Yeah, which maybe they should have. I don't know. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, speaking of the poll, Tennessee after week one. And some movement in the other top 25. They're now ranked number 24. Mm-hmm. First time since week six of the 2020 season, which was like 700 days ago. Yeah. Plus 700 plus days ago. So, again, we talk about a program trending in the right direction. Josh Heifel has taken this team where it's been almost two years since they've even, you know, been in that consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think people knew Tennessee was going to be uh, at least uh, in the top 25, kind of in that 20 to 25 range this week. But, yeah, I think it's just kind of exciting for Josh Scheibel to finally get that, uh, to jump into the rankings. You know, first time first time he's been in the rankings since he's been at Tennessee. So, um, yeah, and then that makes, you know, once again makes this matchup more exciting because two ranked teams probably going to be on prime time. Um, so, yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah, um, I think that – there was an argument to be made, and maybe not a strong one, that Tennessee maybe should have been ranked to start this season. I don't think they would have been any higher than, like, 24. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, this would have been as high as they could have could have been on that preseason poll. Um, 
but I don't know. I felt like it kind of gave maybe the right way to say it is extra drive or like mm-hmm. motivation as far as yeah we know we're good we're not ranked but you know we don't need we don't need a ranking there to uh to tell us we're good we know it so yeah I don't know no yeah I'd agree with you I think Tennessee probably should have been ranked um heading into the season you know maybe if they win that bowl game they would be if they win that bowl game they probably would be yeah. but um you know yeah like you said just could, could just be another driving force um I think this team definitely plays with a chip on their shoulder, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking back at the 2020 season. I think week six was the loss to Arkansas, their fourth straight loss at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would go on to lose a couple more after. Just really, the the, the the you know the kind of the end of, of the spiral of that era of Jeremy Pruitt and and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a been a long time coming for the Vols. Yeah. Um, so I've finally got that box score pulled up. Pip, they need to organize their website better. Um, so Caden Slovis, Keaton Slovis, Slovis. Yeah, someone correct us. Yeah, Slovis <laughs> threw for 300 yards, a touchdown in the win. Um, really, Pitt did a lot of damage on the ground. Um, Rodney Hammond Jr. rushed for two touchdowns, 74 yards. So that's a strong sign. Um, Daniel Carter. He ran for another touchdown. So, again, slowest, you know, we saw the offense last year with, with Kenny Pickett, and they were very pass-heavy. But maybe this year they're going to be a little bit more balanced. I know Josh Heifel kind of mentioned that on Monday, is that, that the offense, Pitt's offense, gives some different looks. So it'll be interesting to see um, how, the, how they stack up. I mean, slowest is has been around, but he just doesn't have much experience as a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it's just all kind of waiting to see what happens. They beat West Virginia, but as you said, they weren't ranked. I thought West Virginia was going to be, you know, was going to take it to them. But uh, I don't know. It should be an interesting matchup. Two really good offenses. I think two defenses that are probably better than they get credit for. Definitely. Definitely. Pitts is uh, the stronger of the two, so I think that gives them an advantage there. But it'll be kind of, as we said, earlier how does Tennessee secondary look against um Pitt how does their their defensive line linebacker core can they get any pressure um and, and help them out yeah I think the defensive line has a pretty good chance to prove that they're better than they maybe looked in week one um slow or Keaton Slovich got sacked five times um against West Virginia you know we didn't watch that game obviously because we were covering Tennessee but I don't know if 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 their offensive line is just really bad or if West Virginia's defensive line was just bringing the pressure. But, um, yeah, it seems like that seemed, that's just a good chance for them to prove that, um, you know, they can put pressure on the ball a little bit more than they did in week one. Um, and, yeah, that could be a huge part of the game, you know, um, not allowing Keaton, to get, Keaton Slovis to get the ball out, um, not allowing, you know, running backs to pick up valuable yardage. So, um, just a, an area to improve upon this week. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, last year's meeting, that was one. It was at it was at Newland Stadium. That was a really good game. Yeah. Um, no one knew, or not many expected it to be to be that good. It was really kind of the, the first signs of, of the year they were going to have. But Hidden Hooker had a late interception in the fourth quarter that kind of sealed the game. Um, there were some special team mishaps for the Vols. Uh, a, a touchdown got taken off the board on, on special teams. 
So just some mistakes like that. Obviously, Tennessee's going to have to cut down on that and play well with special teams. They didn't really make a bunch of penalties in, um, in the opener, six for 48 yards. So that's not bad at all. Yeah. I mean, I feel if they can do that and, and take care of the football, um, they, had, they had one turnover in, in the opener. Yeah. But, so if they can limit that, you know, play clean, fundamental football without penalties. I mean, they have a shot. I don't know. Their offense is so good. I, you can't really take them out of many games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll also see how Pitt's defense can perform against Tennessee's lightning offense. You know, they looked – they were fast last year. They they look even faster this year, um, and yeah, I'm curious if you know that I, that definitely threw Ball State off a lot. Ball State had a lot of uh, little penalties that added up to a lot of yardage, um, so that could be a point um, for Pitt to you know focus in on, and um, could be a huge benefit to Tennessee if they if they're not able to keep up as much as you know other teams can. Absolutely. Well, I'll be well. That'll be something to watch. Ooh, struggling right now. <laughs> First one of the year. Get get all the rust out. <laughs> well, it'll all be something we're watching for. Um, as we're winding down, I think we just need to make some quick season predictions here, mm-hmm. um, since we didn't we didn't do that before. Um, I'll just let you jump into it. Prediction for the year. Yeah. Um, let me pull up Tennessee's schedule, and we can. I mean, we can quickly go through just kind of game by game, if. If you think we have time for that. Yeah, so after Pitt, they have the Vols will play Akron at home. Should be a win. I don't know anything about Akron, but I'm yeah. pretty sure I know that they're not good. Yeah. So it'll be Akron. And then Florida. And that one's going to be interesting now because yeah. I think we both had, and I, I think if I'm remembering right, we both had Tennessee would beat Florida like before the year. Yeah. But Florida looked really good in their they're, win. They did. Yeah, and they're I definitely think changing they're ranked things. like number 12 now. They're high up there. Yeah, what? That was crazy. They missed <laughs> the biggest jump ever yeah um, so i mean that's crazy that the florida made that jump yeah but that's gonna be a really interesting match mm-hmm. at, at, at neyland stadium and i'm i will say i'm a lot less confident right now that mm-hmm. the vols are gonna are gonna beat that streak and, and beat florida home yeah but we'll see then it'll be lsu at the road the next week that's a challenging yeah. one yeah that's looking more and more like a win um, yeah because they did not look good yeah and yeah, it, it seems like that team's maybe falling apart a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right, right in week one. And yeah. I mean, that, that video of Brian Kelly, like, snapping at a reporter, that is not what you want yeah. in, after week one of a, of a new coaching era. Yeah, so. things are not looking good in LSU's locker room. Already have uh, one of their top players transferring, so <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, So that, but that's an interesting one because at, at LSU, you yeah. can't ever count that out. Then they'll be at home versus Alabama. Mm-hmm probably a loss i don't think tennessee's there yet yeah i don't you know it, as much as tennessee fans want to have hope that that this will be the year that they pulled off uh it's it's i don't think it is alabama looked great um in week one you know they were obviously playing i think like utah state or something but mm-hmm. you know it tennessee is is looking a lot better they're not they're still not at the point where they're going to beat alabama yeah maybe it'll be competitive like it was last year mm-hmm. um but I don't think they're there yet. Then UT Martin at home for homecoming should be a win. Yeah. Kentucky at home, another interesting one. Definitely. I think we both agree that Kentucky is probably going to get killed by Florida this week. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting to see where they are. Um, Tennessee, of course, beat Kentucky and Lexington last year. Mm-hmm. Then the next week they go on the road to Georgia. Again, one of the other, you know, in quotes, guaranteed losses. Yeah. I just don't think they're there yeah, yet I to, don't, beat Georgia, I mean, yeah. to beat Georgia. 
yeah, that's another one. You know, every year Tennessee fans go into this game and they're like, we can we can win this one. It, this isn't the year for that. I mean, we, we saw how Georgia played in week one. And granted, it was against Oregon, who maybe shouldn't even be in the top 25. <laughs> but still, yeah, uh, it's, it's not happening this year. Yeah. And then Mizzou the next week, uh, which is their the final home game in the year. I feel like it's kind of wow. early yeah. in, you know, the second week of November. Um, but, again, I think Tennessee's a favorite there. And then South Carolina and Vanderbilt on the road to close the season. Vanderbilt, maybe that's, yeah. a, maybe that's a tough one now. I don't know. <laughs> Vanderbilt's won a couple games to start yeah. the year. Yeah, definitely. Um, South Carolina is interesting. Before week one, I thought that this game was more of a toss-up. Now I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking Tennessee is is more of a favorite in this one. Um, South Carolina definitely some improvement from last year. Still not maybe not at Tennessee's level. Um, Spencer Radler looks like he has a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, two interceptions in week one, uh, just not great. But uh, yeah, you know it still could be a toss-up, especially playing at South Carolina, but. Vanderbilt as well you know I think I think that is it is a win um <laughs> Vanderbilt is 2-0 give them some credit but uh yeah I don't know I don't know we might run into Vanderbilt at the end of, of going for a perfect season bid yeah. in the playoffs right now <laughs> yeah oh man um so as we as we wrap up quick um I guess final record prediction how do you think the ball is fair this year um I think they get out of the season with nine wins. Okay. I think they lose one of Pitt, Florida, and LSU. Out of those three games, I don't think they walk away unscathed. Um, I think most likely Florida or Pitt is the loss. Um, but, you know, if they win this game on Saturday, uh, I think that gives them a lot of momentum heading into Florida at home. Um, but, yeah, I just don't think, I, you know, that's a that's a tough stretch. I, I can't see Tennessee getting out of that. Um undefeated mm-hmm. so and then Alabama and Georgia are obviously the other two losses yeah I think I would have agreed with you before week one about nine wins but now after Pitt I'm just I'm not sure that the Vols are going to go on the road and beat Pitt yeah um so I I think that's a loss for Tennessee obviously Alabama and Georgia two more I, I don't I don't know I still have like a gut feeling that maybe this is year and maybe it's just because of my bold prediction before and I don't want to let it go about Florida but I don't I'm not as worried about LSU now but something about Florida I don't know I don't know if they're there yet and then Kentucky is giving me bad vibes at home I don't yeah. know why like maybe that should be one that by by the time we get to the end of October maybe the ball should be favorite and it should be a problem but I don't I don't know about that yet. So I'm yeah. feeling eight and four, which is still an improvement from last year. One more win, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like as long as you win one more than you did last year, yeah. then that's that's obviously progress for for Josh Heifel. So yeah, I definitely uh, think Tennessee fans can and should be satisfied with eight wins. Um, you know, still still a really young program under the under Josh Heifel, um, and yeah, as long as they show some improvement, I think that's. You know, you can count as a, as a successful season. Get in there and win a bowl game. Um, maybe the Tax Slayer Bowl or whatever it's called now. I feel like yeah. I feel like Tennessee always plays in that one. Tax so. Slayer Bowl. Yeah. Well, we're, we're a little ways away from, from bowl games. But we're getting close to Tennessee Pitt this Saturday, September 10th, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's going to be on ABC. Getting a lot of full coverage at UT Daily Beacon. 
Thanks Thanks for being here with us. Bit of a shorter one as we open the year with the checkerboard chat. Catch you next time.